Thank you for joining us today. For more information about our service times, visit okoegt.com. Also, stay in touch with us on social media by liking us on Facebook and following us on Instagram at okoegt. Now let's prepare our hearts as we go into the message. Bless the Lord. Are you happy? Are you ready for the word of God today? Hey, take your Bible out, whether it's in book form or digital form, and hold it high in the air. And I want you to say this after me. This is my Bible. God's holy word. I am what it says I am. And I will do what it says for me to do. I place myself under the authority of God's word. It says I am blessed. Therefore, I am blessed. It says I am an overcomer. Therefore, I overcome every obstacle, every challenge, and every hindrance through the name above every name, Jesus Christ. I open my heart and I open my mind to receive God's word. I receive this word. And I confess this word in the name of Jesus. Amen. Now take that same Bible and turn with me to Proverbs 24. And we'll read some verses in just a few moments. Today we begin our family month series. Our theme for 2023 has been God do it again. How many believe in God to work and move in your family this year? We are believing God for healthy relationships, healthy families. Now, healthy families do not just appear out of thin air. No, they are forged and developed over a period of time. Now, over the next four weeks, we will talk about A healthy marriage, is it possible? Next Sunday, we'll speak about parenting. Will I survive? How many have ever asked that question? Father's Day, we're going to talk about masculinity. Where has it gone? Dad, your voice matters. And the final week, the title is this, No One Died Yet. Now, our hope is to get very practical in our approach concerning family matters and to entrust and to impart some some Holy Spirit wisdom to all of us. How many know we need some Holy Spirit wisdom? So you have uh, the book of Proverbs. Turn in your Bibles. Look at verses 3 through 6. We'll go down to verse 10. And then read verses 13 and 14. A house is built by wisdom and becomes strong through good sense. Through knowledge, its rooms are filled with all sorts of precious riches and and valuables. The wise are mightier than the strong. And those with knowledge grow stronger and stronger. So don't go to war without wise guidance. Victory depends on having many advisors. 
Now, skip down to verse 13. We'll come back to verse 10 in a moment. Verse 13, my child eat honey for it is good and the honeycomb is sweet to the taste. In the same way, wisdom is sweet to your soul. If you find it, you will have a bright future and your hopes will not be cut short. Now go back to verse 10. If you fail under pressure, your strength is too small. Now, this is going to be the foundational passages that we use throughout this month. Now, these verses teach us many things, such as, write this in your note, wisdom and common sense build healthy families. Common sense. Common sense, like there are only two genders, male and female. That's common sense, right? The woke ideology is insanity and in their attempt to achieve inclusiveness and to be sensitive, they have totally wiped out women's rights and suffrage. The last 20 years created more hostility between races and ethnicities and society is on edge. The truth of the matter is, is common sense and The words of Jesus solves it all. Jesus said this in Matthew 7, 12. Do to others whatever you would like them to do to you. This is the essence of all that is taught in the law and the prophets. How many know we need some common sense? Common sense approach to our life, to our homes, to our family. Write this. The gaining of knowledge will add value to our family and homes. Knowledge, spiritual knowledge, and practical knowledge. Spiritual knowledge will add value to our life, but guess what? Practical, everyday knowledge um, will add value to our lives. Verse 4, through knowledge, its rooms are filled with all sorts of precious riches and valuables. You want your home to be healthy. You want your home to be vibrant. Listen, through knowledge... This word is often translated such as ability, discernment, understanding, and knowledge. Notice what it says in verse 5. Those with knowledge grow stronger and stronger. Other words, these things will help you and your relationships to grow stronger and stronger. And that's what we want. We want our, our homes to be stronger and stronger, our relationships to be stronger and stronger, our, our, our marriages to be stronger and stronger. Write this, seek advice because it will help you see every angle and gain the victory. Solomon writes in verse 6, don't go to war without wise guidance. Victory depends on having many advisors. So Solomon uses a military metaphor here to speak to the importance of seeking guidance and, and counsel from others. However, the qualifying phrase is wise guide. It's not just any guidance or counsel. Wise, spiritual guidance. Another thing these verses teach us is spiritual wisdom. Uh, Seek spiritual wisdom and your future will be bright and your hopes will be realized. Your next one is this. When you fail, realize it is you. Write that, you. 
It is you who needs to develop strength and healthiness. Verse 10, if you fail under pressure, your strength is too small. Now, let's be honest for a minute. When we fail, we like to blame something or someone else, right? None of us like to fail at anything. And for some, it is really tough because we're not accustomed to failure. So what we do is we end up finding something or someone to blame, uh, and we think it will help us. However, Solomon takes a different approach. He says, if you fail under pressure, your strength is too small. In other words... It's not the circumstance, it's not the environment, it's not the other person. The answer is found within ourselves. Your strength is too small. He places the blame right back on our shoulders. And the truth is, this is where it belongs. So today we're going to tackle the subject, healthy marriage, a healthy marriage, is it possible? And we believe with a resounding yes, it is possible. If when we are willing to take the time, when we are willing to put in the work, then anything is possible. The word says that we can do all things through Christ who strengthens us. Now, that does not preclude the hard work that needs to go into it, that effort, that, that extra work that we put into the task to make something come about. Today we live in a world that we want everything, but we want to put as little into it and the effort that we can, and society doesn't understand it takes a lot of work, not just given to you. We need discipline in our lives to see these things happen. So in order for us to develop a healthy, successful marriage, there has to be a multitude of key factors that go into that are considered and prioritized within our life. So everything that we're going to be talking about today and and in family month, it kind of goes, we're assuming goes without saying that, that Christ must be the center of all of everything that we're doing. So when we have Christ as the center, then all the things that we need can be found in Christ. Paul wrote to the Corinthian church in 1 Corinthians 1, 6, and 7, this confirms that what I told you about Christ is true. Now you have every spiritual gift that you need as you eagerly wait for the return of our Lord Jesus Christ. Everything we need can be found in Christ. So there's three different key factors that we're going to be talking about to have a healthy successful marriage. So the first thing I want you to write communication. Communication is a key piece that we need within our marriages. So establishing effective communication is a key for a healthy marriage. So over the years we've noticed and, and working with families, I've observed that effective communication is a crucial component in building and maintaining healthy marriages when you have a breakdown in the communication you have issues now there's three different aspects of communication that need to be considered that contribute to strong relationships the first one is verbal communication 
Verbal communication involves the words that we say, the things that we are, the way we express ourselves, we're sharing our thoughts, and we're conveying our emotions uh, within our relationship. So for example, using, um, being honest, we have to make sure that when we're communicating, we're being honest, we're being kind, we're being respectful when we're speaking with our spouse. Because those things can be detrimental when we're not being kind, when we're not being honest, and we're not being respectful. Your relationship goes sideways really, really fast. So instead of using uh, I statements, we want to um, we want to use I statements instead of using you statements. So you never listen to me. We need to say uh, I don't feel that you're hearing me. I'm not feeling heard when we have this discussion. Those simple changes can make uh, such big impacts. Avoiding that blame game. It's all your fault. Everything you do and putting that person on the defensive. One thing that um, year, when we first got married, someone had made the comment that you are only the master of the words you have not spoken because once you speak them, they're the master of you. You can't take those words back. So you need to think through before you communicate and, and know that you want to say that. Because you have to live with it. So some tips for improving verbal communication within our marriage. Be mindful of your tone that you're taking with each other. Be mindful of the choices of the words that you're going to say. We need to practice expressing our feelings and, and, the need, and the need to be open and honest in, when we're doing it. We need to avoid accusatory language and focus on sharing our perspective. So the second key point is nonverbal communication, the second form of communication. Nonverbal communication is our body language, is our facial expression. Sometimes, are, are you happy? Yeah, I'm happy. Well, tell your face. Because our facial expressions don't have that same. Our gestures, our eye contact, these are all things that convey powerful messages, and often they reveal the true emotion that we have within ourselves. And sometimes those, those our verbal communication and our nonverbal communication are not um, synced up, and we're giving mixed signals. We need to make sure that they're aligning. So, for instance, maintaining eye contact during a, a really um, crucial conversation is very important. So, put the phone away, turn the TV off, so that when you're having conversations, there aren't other things distracting and pulling you away from that conversation. So, the third uh, aspect of communication is active listening. Listening actively and, and really wanting to, to know that you're hearing whatever it is that the other person is saying, that you're listening. It involves fully focusing on your partner's words. It is the process that, that you're processing the, the message and responding appropriately. So this skill helps couples to understand each other's perspectives. There was something that we had a conversation a couple weeks ago, and he said something, and I was very offended because the way that I perceived it was like, 
I can't believe you just said that to me. I was so hurt. And he was like, what? What'd I say? What'd I do? And, I, and it was when I said to him, this is what you just said to me. It was totally not the words he said to me, but this is what you just said to me. And he said, okay, your understanding of what I just said is totally not what I said. So really making sure that we have that understanding that we're actively listening to each other. <laughs> <laughs> you didn't share. Probably, probably calling your wife Karen is probably not a good thing. So. <laughs> Ladies, you hear me on that? <laughs> oh, bless your heart. I wasn't going to share exactly this. what it was. <laughs> <laughs> Woo, thank you for the rag. Can you give me another rag, brother? I don't need it. Secondly, let's talk about cultivation, cultivating trust and mutual respect. You have to have mutual respect. Cultivation refers to the careful nurturing and development of your relationship. It encompasses the idea of building trust and mutual respect over time through intentional actions and uh, behaviors. We understand the importance of fostering trust and mutual respect and building a healthy, fulfilling, and God-honoring marriage. Here are two critical steps that we as couples can take to cultivate these essential qualities, trust and respect in their relationships. Practice open and honest communication. Christy just talked about that. Being open and being honest, but in that, being kind. Open and honest communication is vital in fostering trust and mutual respect within a marriage. When couples communicate openly, they create an environment where both partners feel safe to share their thoughts, to share their feelings, and concerns without fear of judgment or criticism. Now, to implement open and honest communication in your marriage, consider some practical steps. One could be this. Schedule regular check-ins. Set aside time each week to discuss your thoughts, feelings, and concerns you have. Be vulnerable. And this is hard for us as guys. Share your fears. Share your insecurities, your dreams with your spouse. Fostering a deeper emotional connection. This is so important for each of us to learn to be vulnerable and avoid blame and accusations. As Christy was talking earlier, when you're talking about sensitive issues, use I statements to express your feelings and perspective rather than pointing fingers. Now, how do we cultivate trust and mutual respect? You demonstrate love and appreciation consistently. Tell your spouse how much you appreciate them. Tell them what they mean to you. Tell your spouse how valuable they are in your life. Peter writes this, 1 Peter 4, verse 8, Most important of all, continue to show deep love for each other, for love covers a multitude of sin. When we love deeply, we can forgive easily or easier. 
You gotta learn to love deeply. And how you love deeply is when you show appreciation and respect, when you when you show that you value one another. You're cultivating trust and respect. Consider some things that are practical. Learn your spouse's love language. How does she speak? What language does she speak in? Is it words of affirmation? Acts of service, receiving gifts, quality time, or physical touch. Express that uh, gratitude daily. Say, I appreciate you. Find something positive to say. Catch them doing something good and highlight that. Celebrate your, your spouse's achievements. Their achievements and their goals, their career, their achievements in doing things, whether it's their hobbies. Celebrate with them. Let them know that you're proud of them as a person. It will cultivate trust. It will cultivate respect. So next, let's talk about point number three, conciliation. Conciliation. So what we mean by conciliation is is actively working to resolve conflicts and disagreements. The definition, it's actually action of bringing peace and harmony. It's the action of ending strife. Conciliation refers to that process of mediating or restore, uh, resolving the disputes between two parties and can encompass the idea of actively seeking out ways to work through conflicts and to promote resolution within a marriage. You've heard of reconciliation. That's when we are reestablishing friendly relationships. We want to focus on conciliation so that we don't get to that point where we are broken apart. There's three critical strategies for handling disagreements successfully. That first strategy is seek first to understand, then to be understood. Seek first to understand, and then to be understood. It's a key principle for resolving conflict within our marriage is to seek first to understand our spouse's perspective. What is it that they're saying to us instead of sitting there, oh, I got my response to that. Oh, I know what I'm going to say to that. We have to hear what they're saying. We have to take time and wait to understand and then process a good response of what we want to say. But we first have to listen and we have to understand. The Bible tells us this is exactly what we have to do. This is a strategy straight from the scriptures. James 1.19 says, understand this, my dear brothers and sisters. You must all be quick to listen slow to speak, and slow to get angry. I always thought that was a business thing. Seek first to understand and then be understood. That's a biblical principle right there. We need to make sure. So in implementing this principle within our marriage, we need to consider some of the following. We need to listen actively. We need to make sure that we're paying attention to the words, the body language, the tone of voice, and understand their perspective. And then we're going to reflect on what we've heard. We're going to take a minute before we respond, take a minute to digest what we've heard and then formulate a thoughtful response. The second strategy is forgive one another. 
Every year, I think we talk about forgiving each other. It is such a key component. You have to be willing to forgive each other. Forgiving each other is a critical aspect in resolving conflicts within a marriage. Because when couples hold on to um, grudges and anger and, and all of these things, it becomes a toxic environment. You have to be willing to let that go because it's going to hinder the communication and it's going to prevent healing within your marriage. Colossians 3.13 says, make allowance for each other's faults. Let me reread that. Make allowance for each other's faults. And forgive anyone who has offended you. Remember, the Lord forgave you, so you must forgive others. Forgiveness is what frees us. We don't always do it because a person deserves to be forgiven. We forgive so that we are free to be able to heal, to be able to move forward, and to be able to live the way the Lord wants us to live. So to implement forgiveness within our marriage, we need to remember two things. Let go of the grudges. Don't hold on to them. Don't hold on to the anger, but be willing to forgive your spouse. Let it go. Let it go. We need to practice empathy also. Put yourself in your spouse's shoes. Try to understand their perspective. Try to understand the motives. And the third strategy is seek out a mediator. When couples are unable to work things out themselves, they need to seek out someone, a mediator who can help them to bring some clarity and understanding to a situation. They need a mediator can offer up an unbiased perspective and bring a, a fresh light into the situation. It can provide guidance for effective communication and problem solving. So to seek out a mediator within your marriage, you need to consider the following things. You need to identify a qualified mediator. You need to have a counselor. You need to have a pastor or a trusted friend who has experience in doing this. Stop taking your stuff to the office. Not everybody there knows what to do, especially if they don't have a godly background. They're going to tell you things that are contrary to the word. Be mindful. And then follow through. Well, you need to also, the second thing, be open and honest. When you're sharing with the uh, mediator, you need to be open and honest about what's going on. <laughs> they wouldn't do that. Ooh. And then you need to follow through with commitments. When you say to the mediator, we're going to try these things, we're going to go on a date, we're going to do, do those things. Follow through that commitment. By following these principles and these strategies, couples can effectively resolve conflict within their marriages. We need to put in the time. We need to put in the effort. When we put in that time and effort, then the healing and the growth can come. And that comes through pers uh, perseverance, patience, and a willingness to forgive and seek understanding. Aren't you enjoying this practical knowledge that we can apply? Remember, we're taking our, our homes, we're filling the rooms with, with precious valuables. That's what knowledge does. That's what this practical advice does. That's what spiritual knowledge does. Because as Solomon says, 
whenever you apply this knowledge, when you have knowledge, your house, the rooms of your house is being filled with precious things, things that's going to help you, things that's going to build you up, but it still takes work, amen? It takes old-fashioned hard work. So we've spoken about key factors to successful relationships, successful marriage, communication, cultivation, conciliation, dealing with conflict, and finally, write this, or it's already there, cherish. To cherish is the act of making a conscious effort to prioritize the relationship above everything else. Now, I think this is so important because sometimes we get so busy that we're prioritizing everything else and everyone else, but we're not prioritizing uh, the marriage. Prioritize each other over other activities. Hear me, over other people. Now, fasten your seatbelts. Prioritize your marriage even over your children. Some of you just got a little bit uncomfortable. Oh, but I love. <laughs> Let me use a different name. Little Charlie. We always use Johnny, so we'll use Charlie this time. I love little Charlie. He's my heart. I, I get it. And we love our kids. We'd give our right arm for our kids. But hear me, if you're, if you're having a healthy relationship, healthy, healthy marriage, you're raising your kids to leave the home. You're raising your kids to fall in love uh, with someone, to get married, and to become productive citizens in society. So one day you will be alone. And baby, it's pretty good, right? <laughs> it's good when the kids leave home. <laughs> it's good. But you got to be ready. Prioritize the relationship. I'm not telling ignore other people. I'm not telling you to ignore your children. What I'm telling you is realize that one day they're going to leave you, and it's okay. They need to leave you. It ain't, it, ain't, it ain't normal for your 45-year-old kid to still be living at home. <laughs> I'm going to get in trouble. So let's talk about some concrete examples of how to prioritize. Our time is running short. Write this, schedule regular date nights. If you've ever came to me for counseling to sit down in a conversation, which most of you have, so don't act like I'm saying something to someone because most of you have come. We've all talked. You've got to prioritize your relationship. Do date nights. Schedule date nights. But, but, but listen, don't, guys, don't, don't come home. Hey, what you want to do tonight? Hey, you make the plans. Guys, take the initiative. Make the plan. Plan ahead. Get the restaurant. Get the reservation. Come on, ladies. It's a time to clap. It's a time. Come on. Listen. Listen. Have the night planned from beginning to end. Don't, don't, don't sit there with whatever you want to do, honey. I'll do. Just tell me where you want to go. Focus on each other. I think this is so important. Establish daily points of connection. Establish daily points of connection. Creating daily rituals of connection can help couples maintain a strong emotional bond even when life gets busy. 
These rituals can range from small acts of affection to more significant moments of connection, such as start and end the day together. Start the day together, whether it's having a cup of coffee, whether it's just sitting at, in, in, in the living room together, just for a few moments. doesn't have to be 30 minutes, just a few moments. Start the day together, sharing a morning ritual. End the day with a bedtime routine, like discussing the events of the day, maybe reading together. Ladies, tuck your husband in bed at night, then go finish what you got to do. <laughs> like I said, in the day together. <laughs> My kids always get a little embarrassed. It's okay. Show affection throughout the day. Show affection throughout the day. Small acts of affection such as hugs, kisses, holding hands, a pat on the rear, things like that. It helps. Let me tell you what it does in your kids. It builds security in them. Their, their, their friends, their friends go to school, talk about how chaotic their homes are. And your kids have a fear that your home is going to become chaotic and mom and dad won't be married one day. But when you show affection in front of your kids, it's healthy. It builds trust. It builds self-esteem within them. It also shows them what type of father or mother they need to be one day. Because you're raising not just your kids. You're raising somebody's spouse. So raise them right. Did you hear me? Raise them right. Show affection throughout the day. Share the daily gratitude practice. We talked about this already. Daily gratitude. Find something positive to say. Find something you're thankful for. As we bring our thoughts to a close today, extensive research has demonstrated the incredible benefits of healthy marriages, including increased happiness, better, better mental and, and physical health, greater financial stability, improved overall quality of life. And it's essential for couples to recognize the, important of these, the importance of these factors and activity. And we work toward building and maintaining strong, loving, and healthy relationships. I leave you with the words of Solomon. A house is built by wisdom and becomes strong through good sense, common sense. Wisdom builds the house, becomes strong through good old-fashioned good sense. And through knowledge, its rooms are filled with all sorts of precious riches and valuables. So today we've talking about and we spoke about key factors to a successful marriage. Healthy communication. Building trust and, and respect. Conflict resolution. And then prioritizing the relationship. But most important of all, invite Christ to be the center of your marriage. Invite Christ to be the center of your marriage Many regulate Christ to a day of the week. 
Allow him to be Lord of your marriage. Invite Christ into your home and prioritize your marriage by prioritizing Christ in your life. Let us pray. Father, we love you today. Father, we thank you. I thank you for our our families. I thank you for our marriages. And Lord, I pray for them every week. And Lord, I thank you because healthy marriages can become a reality. It is a reality of those who follow on to know the Lord. God, it's about us growing. It's about us changing. It's about us being transformed. It's really about us allowing Christ to be Lord. Lord, not only of our life, but Lord of our home. You're here this morning, you'll say, Pastor, I want him to be Lord of my home, Lord of my relationships. I want to invite him into my relationships. I want this healthiness you and Miss Christie have talked about today. If that's you, just lift your hand all across this auditorium. Yes, 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 yes. Invite Christ. Invite Christ into that moment. Invite Christ where you are. Invite Christ into your family. Speak Jesus over your life, over your home. I want us all to stand together. We are a family. Each of us, we're the body of Christ. They're going to sing, speak Jesus. And as they sing that song this morning, I want us to step out as a family and come together. Because we're declaring that Christ is going to be Lord over our relationships, Lord over our life, Lord over our homes, Lord over everything. 